Darren. Matthew. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, happy Valentine's Day to you too. And uh, happy Valentine's Day to our listeners. This is a special um, romantic Valentine's Day episode just for you, even though it's probably not going out on Valentine's Day. It's recorded live as live on Valentine's Day because we love you so much, all of you. We do. Every single one, even the people we don't like, we love them on Valentine's Day. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Especially our most eager listeners. Whoops, I'm just making some random background noises here. I have had a beer this evening. Um, I needed it after after today. Anyway, um, enough about my life. Um, Darren, what is it we've got coming up soon? This big thing. Oh, have we got some like, oh, is it like an open mic or something like that? It's, is that, is it? <sighs> it's the open mic radio show. Coming soon to Auckland's ears. Uh, from Planet FM. Can you listen to it if you're outside Auckland? Yes, you'll be able to listen to it on our podcast stream, just the one that you listen to this one on, and on the Planet FM podcast stream, which also goes out all around the world because it's on the internet. Everything on the internet is all around the world. Uh, but still, I like, I like to remind people of that fact. We do have listeners um, from as far afield as An- sunny Andover in the southeast of England. Is that your family? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, at least you've won better than me. My brother, I don't even know, listens. So I'm going to have to sort him out when we go on the radio, at least. That's right, yeah. Get him listening to the radio. Especially, does he live in... He doesn't live in Auckland, though, so he can't listen to it live on the radio. No, he lives in the West Midlands in the UK. Well, there's nothing else on in the West Midlands right now, so um, I'm sure you'll be able to get him listening to this. Anyway, um, there's not a lot much more we can say about the uh, radio show right now other than we are expecting to get some really big names from well big's relative obviously we are new zealand <laughs> get some really big names from the auckland and the wider new zealand comedy scene uh from comic comedians to writers to promoters to people who do multiple multiple disciplinary comedy people yes and um, we're in the process very shortly of talking to those people and getting the first ones lined up. So once we get that all sorted, we'll be back in touch. I need to do more social media in this now. We need to really start getting out there with what's going on on our social media stuff. Yes, we do. Um, and we will. We will. So keep your eyes peeled. Do keep an eye on our Facebook page. Like and subscribe. Um, like and subscribe that's a youtube we're not on youtube yet we will be on youtube the radio show will be also available on youtube on youtube or we're going to put it on twitch or whatever that thing's called well i did get a a camera stand and some devices to put on the camera stand and a little mic specially to put in our studio when we were broadcasting from the radio studio but because because i want it to look like joe rogan only more intelligent um Oh, have you, um, have you got some Invermectin then, have you? Is that what you're doing? Well, exactly. That's what I mean, except for more intelligence. Because <laughs> I am vaccinated by the proper, by Pfizer, not by the, uh, by Merck's who manufacture Ivermectin. Or Ivermectin, Ivermectin, yes. Ivermectin sounds like a Welsh footballer from the 1950s. <laughs> Ivermectin. Did you see that goal he scored um, against Scotland in uh, 1963? No, I'm not quite that old. Almost. Oh, sorry, this is a very 
very niche joke. A lot of uh, sorry, sorry, New Zealand people um, for for that. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll be broadcast on Twitch, YouTube, and other visual places. You'll be able to see me and Darren. And given how hot it's been in Auckland recently, if it's like that when we're in the recording studio, we'll be, as the Scots say, taps off. Which translated to New Zealand is? We'll be taking our tops off. Oh, good God. I don't think anybody needs to see that. I, I, think, I think old man moves are out. <laughs> <laughs> very, looking very sweaty. It'd be like we're in a sauna or something. <laughs> No, so I'm um, getting a bit homoerotic at the moment, isn't it? It's Valentine's Day. Uh, what can That's I say? Um, no, I, uh, in seriousness, won't be taking our tops off. So please don't um, be put off by that. Um, yeah, anyway, radio show's coming soon. But we don't just want to update you about the radio show because that'll be a very short podcast. And when you're driving in traffic, it's very annoying to get an unexpectedly short podcast. So we did think we probably should find some other subjects to talk about tonight. And... Those subjects are, should we start with our favourite? We're a little bit out of date, um, but that's the procrastinators for you. We're always a little bit late with these things, but Joe Rogan. So multi-million dollar being paid um, podcast presenter Joe Rogan. He certainly can string a better sentence than I just did. Um, To be fair to him, he's uh, obviously got an exclusive deal with Spotify and he's been there for like three years. And now recently, notorious um, Neil Young, who was famous for once in an interview saying that he'd refused to be served by some gay people in a shop or something. I can't remember where it was, a restaurant. He's now saying, oh, well, because of my ethics, I'm going to pull all my music from Spotify because you're supporting Joe Rogan. Because Joe Rogan's interviewed some anti-vaxxers and talked about his own um, worming tablet journey. Neil Young, who, let's be honest, nowadays, who cares about notorious homophobe Neil Young? Not many people. Um, but he's been joined by Joni Mitchell, who is a little bit more popular. Um, but again, somebody from a similar era, uh, also threatening to withdraw her music from Spotify. Now, I'm a Spotify premium customer. I can't say I've ever once searched for either of their music on Spotify. I've also, to be honest, never listened to Joe Rogan's podcast on Spotify. But yeah, I'm a little bit nonplussed at how kind of after so long being on there, um, Joe Rogan is suddenly now being targeted by a few people, um, but they're trying to cancel him. And it just all seems a little bit late. And also, it's fair to say that Joe Rogan has actually come back and apologised for being a bit soft on the anti-vaxxers um, and has promised up his game. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon, Darren? Oh, Spotify are not getting rid of Joe Rogan. He's got a $100 million deal with them. So it's just not happening. Like you, who cares about Neil Young? Who cares about Joni Mitchell? Like, this is this is just not going to convince anybody. Yeah, people are frustrated with him, and some people don't like the way that he he sort of talks about the whole vaccines and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like anything: either choose to listen to it or choose not to listen to it. If you don't buy into it, don't buy into it. Just don't listen to it. But just stop trying to cancel people that have got a different opinion. I don't think he's spreading massive misinformation. I just think he's just got an opinion and he's using his own platform, which he gets paid $100 million to do, in which to exercise. And there's obviously a market there because you don't give people $100 million for nothing. There is a market there and I've met some of them. And to be honest, they're the kind of people that I'm like, when they, as soon as they tell me they're a Joe, when we talk about podcasts and they say, oh, I love that Joe Rogan. I'm like, all right, bye. Time to move <laughs> on. But, you know, um, that's not to say 
<laughs> that I think he should be kicked off Spotify, even if they would, which you're quite right. I don't think they would. I think that ultimately, what I have done is, so I've never listened to his podcast, but I do sometimes watch YouTube videos where they've got short clips from his podcast of him interviewing interesting people. And he has like some interesting physicists on there. He has alternative archaeologists like Graham Hancock. Now, Graham Hancock, Hancock's completely mad, this British alternative archaeologist. I don't believe a word he says about anything. But my goodness, he's extremely entertaining, very interesting theories about the history of the ancient history of the world and prehistory and things like that, uh, and kind of ancient technologies. And you can really um, get some glimpses into really interesting mindsets if you uh, go on the YouTube and watch some of those Joe Rogan clips. Yeah, I, I think he actually probably, his his podcast probably um brightens the world a little bit yeah look i'm not not offended by it all and probably on a political spectrum me and him are probably on the right side which doesn't mean that i'm taking ivermectin by the way just means that we've probably got a very similar political outlook but um well he did so, he was very supportive of bernie sanders he was he was a lot of people says. were and wished mm. that they still were rather than old sleepy joe but mm. um, right yeah but talking of political landscape or landscape mm. gardening, it sounds to <laughs> us like the New Zealand Parliament have had their gardens re-landscaped this week. Yes, interesting times as a tiny group of um, weird people pitch their tents. You know, instead of instead I don't know, instead of going camping at like somewhere nice like Spirits Bay or whatever, they've decided to pitch camp in the middle of um, Wellington and expose their children to disease and you know, cold weather and, and things like that. I mean, I wonder whether we should be getting their children taken off them, to be honest. Oh, my God. You are you are reading way too much New Zealand Herald, way too much stuff. You are <laughs> you are watching way too much TVNZ Breakfast. That's like, the news. That's not the news. That is you, not the are news. Are you following fake news? Is Where the, are you getting your news from? Is it fake That news? is the paid media but by your dear... Jacinda Ardern. Look, who the only people who know the real truth of what's going on down there is the people that's down there. I mean, if you read the Herald, if you read stuff, if you watch TVNZ, it's full of anti-vaxxers, it's full of white supremacists, it's full of, and then you watch other stuff, or you you know you watch Sean Plunkett who's down there live, and people like that. Then it's a few tiny anti-vaxxers, a few tiny white supremacists, predominantly anti-mandate when you and say they're tiny tiny as in not as in dwarves as in numbers um so small numbers right so everything even lefties you know there's a small number of extremists there's a small number of lunatics that want to take the extreme view on everything you know you look at what's going on down there you know somebody who would have been on the, the right extreme supremacist paints a swastika on one of the statues one of the protesters goes along and cleans it completely off and goes no that's not what we're about now i think the more interesting part to this discussion is regardless of what is the makeup of the crowd i think the more interesting discussion is is jacinda ardern losing her shine because i've probably i've only lived on and off in new zealand since 2008 and this is probably the most unpopular I've ever seen any leader in in New Zealand, like Helen Clark, Bill English, John Key, like well, way unpopular. 
Well, I've been I've been here less than you, but um, I've only been here since 2016. But I um I think the current polling is still looking all right. I think um okay. I think the polling in terms of people's um support. In fact, you know the fact that 40 odd percent of the population would want us to have stricter lockdown measures than we're having, which is interesting. Not I'm not saying that I support them, but I I think that there's I think that you know any government has a honeymoon period and then honeymoon periods come to an end i think the labor government's honeymoon period came to an end quite a while ago i think that there's you know the people down in parliament represent a tiny percentage of the population given how many people are getting vaccinated and boosted and everything else um, but they're a very vocal part of the population and i don't think we should totally ignore them don't get me wrong at all and i do think that we need to be very careful about vaccine mandates and where and when they're enforced um, but, and I do, I do absolutely support, um, you know, people's bodily autonomy. And in fact, I've been accused of being an anti-vaxxer in the comments under a stuff article. So, you know, the, <laughs> there's, um, there's strong views on both sides, fair to say. Um, but I do, I do think the protest outside parliament is a very representative of a very small, but very vocal and increasingly well-organized, uh, minority. And you do have to wonder where the money comes for their protests. Oh my God! You're not going to say they're financed from overseas, shadowy international figures funding them? Are there, um, you know, other governments funding them? Maybe to try and destabilise our economy? I mean, if they are, they're not investing their money very effectively because I don't think it will. Um, but it, you know, that's a wonder, don't you? Sometimes. Oh look, um, if you don't think our economy is destabilised already with one of the highest levels of inflation floating around at the moment, but um, what I, I think what's interesting is every government has what they call a midterm dip. But I'm just getting the feeling, not my personal opinion, and I don't know how much I'd be willing to state this. I actually don't think she's going to be the leader of the Labour Party at the next election. I don't think she's. I, I think she's gone. I think give it six months. I think she's gone. Yeah, I literally wouldn't. I, I wouldn't know. Um, I do. I do think there's the possibility of that. I mean, God, leading the country through the kind of toughest. And I'd say this, you know, irrespective of who was in power and how they'd handled it, to be honest, or how I thought they'd handled it. I think leading country through one of its toughest kind of periods in recent times has got to take it out of anyone. And I, I couldn't do that. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to do the job in the first place, but you especially wouldn't want to do it during this kind of time. You know, I think for anyone, it would be understandable if they did want to step down before the next election and that's fine we don't have a presidential system so i don't think it really matters um what i would ask is though is how is that what's his name the bald white guy not no, um, a lot of those in new zealand Todd, Todd um, christopher luxon by any chance oh that's it christopher luxon how's he doing did you know if he used to run an airline well you wouldn't have thought so to hear him talk because he ran it okay um you know he wasn't he wasn't terrible um but you don't really you don't really get a sense of that from him now no he doesn't talk about it much but um i i think it's interesting looking at the political landscape at the moment i think luxon's done okay i wouldn't call him spectacular um i think he's done okay i think he's learned where not to pick a fight and where to pick a fight um i think the person who's damaged the most out of this is probably david Seymour. And the reason I say that is that people expected Mr. Freedom of Speech, Mr. Freedom of Choice, Mr. And then he's effectively gone right against everything that people would expect him to be supportive of. And I think I think ACT are going to suffer really badly for that. The, the current polls would show you're right. I think he's still got, I mean, 
God, you know, still got a long time before the next election, plenty of time for anyone to go in any direction. But I mean, I, I would say I would actually def- not for the first time on this podcast, I'd defend him and say that he's actually stuck to his guns. And the, the thing is, when you're a smaller party and especially when you're one that does take views quite distinct from the mainstream in various ways, people do tend to paint their own kind of what they want to see over you. And then when you don't deliver on that, even though you may never have promised to, they punish you for it, um, which is, you know, understandable. Really, what they're doing is punishing themselves for ever having faith in you to do the things that you were never going to do. And the fact is, he's always been very upfront that he supports the right of business to um, to have vaccine mandates. He supports the right of business to decide who they're going to employ. You know, the rights of, he stands up for the rights of employers. And that's a legitimate point of view. And, you know, I may not agree with him on it, but I don't think he's... Um, I personally don't think he's done anything wrong or underhand or anything during this process. I think that he's just lost a a chunk of his support who thought he would act like in a way that he was never going to. Yeah, and where have those people gone? They've probably gone straight back to national. The the one party who are totally invisible throughout this entire process uh, of what's going on in Parliament is the Green Party. I thought they'd be up in arms about the lawn being torn up, but they don't seem to be really cared about that. Um, but um, yeah, the Green Party, where are they? They've gone. What has been interesting is the re-emergence of Winston Peters. He's heavily backing the protesters at Parliament. So personally, I think he's trying to win cheap votes and I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw. But I oh, the pol- polling finished. so far, yeah, I think you're right. And I don't think the polling so far shows that he's having any impact. No, I think the, you could almost see this unholy alliance of Matt King, Winston Peters and Jamie Lee Ross of the pro-right and and joining the new conservatives or something like that, because we talked about this at the last election when we had people like um, Shy and people like that. And her biggest fear was this right-wing element, like an not extreme, I don't know if it's ever going to be anything extreme in New Zealand. Um, Extreme for us is like Rainbow's End. That's like extreme fun. Um, But like a right-wing political party taking advantage of extremist views. Now, whether that's the new Conservatives or who it's going to be, um, I don't know. But there almost feels like there could be a 5% right-wing party somewhere in New Zealand that if this carries on, I, I, you know, and the government keep to the strictness and refuse to back down and um, keep the country locked down. I mean, there was some noise this morning that major events could be cancelled for the whole of 2022. I think if that happened, I think the country is just going to be in mutiny. I do not see people putting up with another 10 months of this. Oh, I, just I don't, don't see that happening at all. I don't think it will happen. I think it would be suicide, if, uh, political suicide, if you lock the country, or not lock the country down, but kept it in this state for another No, I mean, look, I think I, I still obviously, and we've argued it until we're blue in the face, and there's probably not much point in going into it much further. But, you know, I, I think the government have done pretty well so far. Um, you know, some I've been a bit nervous at some points, but then they've generally done the pretty much the right thing. Um, I think the fact we've only had 54 as of when I last checked uh, a few days ago, 54 deaths um, from COVID. Um, I think that's, you know, amazing. Um, and yeah, you can say it's down to a whole range of things. But the fact is, I, I would say the government's response has been a big part of it. Um, I think they've not put many feet wrong so far. And I I think that um, I sense that the current plan is to be opening back up no matter what, even with Omicron, because of the, you know, 
Omicron not being seen as as serious as other variants. So I don't see massive events being cancelled for the rest of the year. I just don't think it's going to happen. I do think that you're right that there's going to be some hardened, solidified support for... I mean, I'd actually be kind to the right wing and say it's not right wing as such. It's more kind of conspiratorial kind of anti... uh, Kind of, yeah, conspiratorial, anti-elite kind of, which is certainly not right wing, you know, who's who's um, less right wing than the elite who's more right wing than the elite um but um I, I think there is definitely some support solidifying for a conspiratorially minded kind of anti-system for political force in new zealand and i think that yes winston's trying to capitalize on that and he's going to fail this time because he doesn't understand it whereas he has understood it in the past uh, he doesn't understand this one probably because of his age and his generation that he comes from um and yeah who knows where it will go i think that if it fizzles out and fails it'll purely be because of the lack of nous among the people that could have capitalized on it um and i and i think that when you see yes national have been critical of the government's response i that still don't think i think the same as act they haven't really been given the anti-vaxxers and, and that lot outside of parliament what they want because they don't agree with them either yeah no absolutely i mean what's going to be interesting actually um, is to a week ago we were promised 50,000 cases a day and on that day we had 200. However, as we sit here tonight on St Valentine's Day, 981. Um, it feels like the growth is going to come. I don't know what number. I, I, I probably thought 2,000 by next week um, would probably be a number that we might be looking at. I'm not sure we're going to get 93,000 like in Sydney. I'm not no. sure we've got the density of population for it to do that. And I also get the feeling, and, and, and this is from talking to people, I get the feeling that people are checking in less. I get the feeling that people are probably getting tested less because at the moment, because of that, even if you're a close contact, you've got a lockdown for 14 days, whether you record a negative test or not. I think people have gone, shit, I can't go through this again. I'm just not going to check in because I just don't want to be caught up in it. Yeah, I think there's definitely an element of that. And I think, and that's why I think that, you know, we're not going to see big lockdowns or event cancellations going forward, because I think that you can only do this kind of thing when the majority, when a, a significant percentage abide by it. As soon as that stops happening, then you kind of have to change your plans. But I think the point is you keep trying for as long as, while you've got the popular support. It's like, you know, you only need 90% of people to wear a seatbelt or 95% of people to wear a seatbelt to massively reduce road deaths. Um, it's a very similar approach to that. But yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, but what interestingly, what I have seen in Auckland in the last few weeks is it's really hard to get a table at any restaurant and not yeah. because of restrictions, because they're rammed. Yes. Where I'm um, at the moment, um, every night they're rammed, even on Tuesday nights and things like that. I go and park at the local beach and there's no parking because everyone's in the using the same car parks for the restaurant. You know, people are really actually um, getting out there now and, and spending locally and, and enjoying food and going to the cinemas, having fairly low... I go to the cinema a lot and I see fairly low turnouts for the cinema, um, which is um, probably... A, which is a problem. But I, I think that people are just getting out there more and more and, uh, you know, I, I think that will continue, which is a good thing. I mean, I think if you actually lowered your standard of food instead of keep trying to go to the Grove and Mr. Morris and Oyster and Chop, you know, with your champagne socialism, if you (laughs) went to KFC and McDonald's like the rest of us do, um, you'd probably get a table there or Taco Bell or somewhere like that. 
I'd rather eat at home. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a bit uh, touch and go, seeing as we're, we're, you know, this is where our fundamentals of the podcast is. People going to comedy shows, so like the classic is still getting some pretty strong um, audiences, but some of the lesser shows or lesser known shows or open mics, they are very up and down and it's a real tough struggle for some of those bars and some of those gigs have gone by the wayside already, which is sad. So hopefully, I, I think we're in for a bit of a journey the next six to eight weeks. I think we are going to go through that six to eight week thing that I think it's going to happen even if we don't get to... What I don't want is a slow death by a thousand cuts. That no. This thing just drags out forever. What I don't want is 90,000 cases and 60 people a day dead. No one really wants that. But I also didn't want 200 cases a day for the next 52 years for it to no. sweep through. It just so, but I do think now it's gained momentum. We've gone 200, 200, 300, 450, 450, 700, 900, uh, or nearly a thousand. I think we could see 10,000 a day. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's going to come down to how many people go and get tested, to be honest. We could see those numbers, but I think we're in for about a six to eight week of this. And I think restaurants and comedy and everything could take another drop down and then come back permanently when we get into May, June, something like that. Yeah, which is not, you know, which is nothing to do with government intervention. It's to do with people's not wanting to go out um, and, and expose themselves. That's the reality of it. But what I would say is, hey, don't stay at home being responsible. Get out to those comedy gigs. And what <laughs> what comedy gigs can they get out to, Darren, at the moment in Auckland? I know there's got Thirsty Dog and Win are back on Sundays. Yeah, Thirsty Dog and Win are back on a Sunday. The classic, um, not opening on a Monday. So the raw comedy quest is actually now going to happen on Saturday nights yes. at 10.30. What other gigs are out there? There's a monthly gig at Fitzroy. There's a rhombus comedy in Howick. Um, oh my god, I will think of some others. There's but for people who may listen to this in Wellington, there's a ton of gigs in Wellington, um, at places down there, Medicine Show and San Fran and stuff. Um, the only other full time comedy location in Christchurch, Good Times, that's still showing shows. Yes, they were sold out when I went there. The other I tried to go there the other day and they were sold out. Yeah, which, which is great, is great news. Oh, wow. Also, recently voted, um, they were given the um. Guild Award um, from the from the actual guild for the work that they've put in over the last year, and then you got people on the on the South Island like Jude Ivy, Dan Brader that are running gigs all over the South Island. Um, places like the Cabana in Napier, House of Laps in New Plymouth. Um, I think Bel Ben Cordwell's got some gigs going on down in Palmerston North. Um, but yeah, there's a few more happening in and around Auckland um, if I ever think of them, but. That's a bit of a roundup from what I know around the country for people to get out to. But I don't even leave it a comedy. Get to cinemas, get to restaurants, because like these yeah. places have done it really hard. And I understand people's nervousness, especially if people do start seeing numbers like five, ten thousand. Because you know, up until up until a week ago, two hundred and fifty was the record day in New Zealand, and now people are mentally contending with nine hundred and eighty-one. They're going to be contending with probably 2,000 by next week. And yeah. I, I think it's, it's one of those things that, that's going to be a norm that we've got to live with for about the next eight weeks. And when we get the other side of it, it it's time to move on in a big scale way. Yeah. Yes. Let's, um, let's get there. And obviously on the way, we'll be taking you there with our radio show where we won't be talking about COVID. We won't be talking about politics, not too much anyway. 
but we will be talking a lot about comedy. And hopefully not just stand-up comedy, various formats of comedy as well. And if there's these various formats of comedy people haven't heard about before, then it may be a bit educational as well at the same time. Um, we'll introduce listeners to all sorts of comedy, both real and made up. But like it's late on Valentine's night and it's starting to go dark. So yeah, when do you think people can expect to hear this podcast? A couple of days, you reckon? ASAP, really. Um, Let's I do don't it. I've been called out too many times. I'm not going to make any promises, but <laughs> within the next few days, definitely. Anyway, um, we've both got to go back and see our partners because otherwise we're going to get in serious trouble. <laughs> I feel like we've sneaked off for our little comedy love affair, not with each other, but but <laughs> with our listeners. Did you have to do that on Valentine's Day and crush me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listeners, we're coming in your ears. Uh, sorry. That's a Peter K. Peter K. reference. That one um, might might edit that out. Anyway, okay. I'll see. Every, we'll see our listeners later, or hear you. No, you'll hear us. <laughs>